0: Okay. All right. And for the rest of us, we have, I appreciate too, let's see, we've had, uh, (laughs) I brought something for my wife. She left it. We had to get it to her. Okay. She needed that for children's church. All right. So um, we've been talking about um, how the Lord has called us out of darkness, how he's called us out and away from the darkness that we have. And, And we've been talking about You know, all of us try to put our best foot forward. We all try to, you know, filter our hearts. We try to filter our words. We try to try to act right. You know, we try not to say anything we shouldn't say. We try to be good Christians and good people. But sometimes, no matter how hard we try, a word, a sentence, a phrase maybe for a long time, kind of ekes out and breaks through our filter. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but, hey boy, it happens really in marriage, doesn't it? Boy, when you're dating, you're really careful about how you, how you act and about what you say and, and how you eat and, 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 you know, how you come across to, to people. But then after about, what, six months of marriage, maybe a day, I don't know you, but anyway, maybe a day, maybe six months of marriage... It's hard to keep that up, isn't it? It's hard to maintain and to act just right and to say things just right and to always be putting your best foot forward. But one of the things that we've been reading is one of the things that <clears throat> that Jesus says is that w- when those words come out of your mouth that surprise you, or those words that you try not to say, or the way that we talk about people in a way that's kind of demeaning, or the things that we say, Jesus says, "Out of the overflow of the heart, what the mouth speaks." All right so so, what Jesus says is that is that you know what we would say in those times if we if something comes out of our mouth that 's really ugly towards someone or or, or um, uh, really critical of someone and not some way that we would ordinarily talk we 'd say oh well that 's not like me um, Jesus would say, yeah no that 's just like you that 's that part of your heart that still needs to be. Redeemed, still needs to be cleansed. And, and we've been talking about this in light of, of the fact that Jesus has called us out of that. He, he wants us, He wants to cure our hearts of that, of that darkness. He wants to cure our hearts of, of jealousies and anger and bitterness and, and greed and guilt. And we've talked about guilt a little bit, and today we're going to talk a little bit about envy and jealousy. But, but as we do um, today, uh, the, the great news that I have, well, you know what? Here we go. Let's start off. I didn't have this in our notes. Um, this is but yeah, I'm sorry, I do have this in our notes. This is important stuff. We uh, because the the writer of Proverbs, right, Solomon the wisest man, right, to, to, to ever live. The writer of, of of Proverbs said this in Proverbs 423 that we've been reading this month. Proverbs four twenty-three he said he said, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Is that what this version says? Hey, hey, yes. All right, that's good. Um, There are some other versions that say some rather great things. The ESV, the English Standard Version, says, Above all else, keep your heart. The idea is is that like a watchman stood up on a wall who's watching over something inside, something that's worth defending, something that's precious, something that he's been put in charge of to defend because what's out there doesn't need to get in here because what's out there is bad. What's out there is violence. What's out there is, uh, is bad. And what's in here, right, we want to protect. And that's kind of the idea of keeping is that we need to stand guard over our hearts and to say, no, that doesn't need to come in here. And we talked a little bit about that in regards to, to what we watch and what we see. And men, this is particularly important to us, is to stand guard over your heart and you keep things out of it that don't need to be there. Amen? Amen. Uh, right? Um, But the other part about this, the other side of this is that we also, and this is one of the, the, I've learned this, this is, uh, a lot of this is based on some of the teachings from Andy Stanley from years and years ago, but one of the things that he talks about is is that what we need to do is to not filter our hearts all the time, not filter our words, not filter our behaviors, but to keep a, a watch or like monitor our hearts, to, to, to look over our hearts and, and to search for what's going on and, and to see what's going on in our hearts at all the time because there's, there's all the time the Lord's bringing up things that we need to deal with in, in our hearts. One of the things I love that he says he did when it, with his kids whenever they were small, he would go to them and, and whenever it was bedtime and, and they were in their little beds and he would put his hand on their chest over their hearts and he said, um, he would say, now, how's your heart? how's your heart today has anyone has anyone said anything ugly to you today has has anyone hurt you has anyone broken a promise to you has has anyone said or did anything that that would hurt your feelings because what what we want to do is that we want to forgive those things and we need we want to keep from our we want to keep our hearts from growing angry or bitter or dwelling in unforgiveness right and so he would go to his kids and he says how is your heart? And in that way, he was teaching his kids to monitor their own hearts to see when there were things that would come up in their hearts that they needed to have the Lord deal with in them. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's great advice for you and I because things happen all the time in our relationships and in our marriages and in our relationships within the church and with our friends, right? Things happen all the time when we're hurt and we're injured. Listen, um, you know, it, it said you always hurt the ones you love. Um, here's the great thing, too. Here's, here's the great thing about marriage. In marriage, right, is the greatest um, love it, between people, right, in any relationship. But it also can be a great sense of hurt, can I mean, it? I mean, probably because I'm so close to Brenda and Brenda's so close to me, no one's probably ever hurt Brenda like I have you know, and, and no one's probably ever hurt me like Brenda has, but also no one's loved me like Brenda has, and no one's loved Brenda, I hope, than, than what I have, right? Uh, but, but, but those things happen. You know, we're going to, we're, we're, we're clumsy in relationships, we're clumsy with people, and we have to be guarding our hearts to watch out for things like things that, that, that God says is, is darkness, things that He's called us out of, the bitterness, anger, hurt, resentment, Jealousy, envy—all those things God calls us out of and and wants to wants to help us deal with. So, um, yeah. So in Proverbs four twenty three, guard your heart above all else, for it is the wellspring of life. What he's talking about it being the wellspring of life. He says all of your life is managed or dictated from your heart. Whether all of your relationships come from your heart, and so you can't. We can't stand for those things, for that darkness to be in there, or it's going to affect the relationships around you. It's going to affect your relationships with the people around you, and it's going to affect your relationship with a the father. There are just no two ways about it. If your heart is broken, if your heart is, is corrupt, it's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect the way that you parent. It's going to affect the way that you treat your spouse. It's going to affect the way that you treat your children, your parents, whatever, your friends. It's going to have an impact um, on your relationships, because your heart is the wellspring of life we 're going to be talking today specifically about jealousy and envy and let me tell you this you know um, I think a lot of people um, a lot of people know that they deal with envy and jealousy, but I think All of us deal with jealousy and envy at some at some point at some points in our lives there are there are things where we think that there someone's ahead of us someone's got more or has better of something that we really wished we had right so someone's got more talent someone's got better looks someone has more money, so, uh, someone's better at doing something than we, that we wish we were, someone maybe is married to someone that maybe you wish you had married someone more like them, all right, that was a treacherous one, uh, all those things. But we all have these things in our lives where we think, I wish I were, or I wish I had what they do, right? And that jealousy and that envy is what we want to talk today. Um, but, and here's the deal, here's the way it affects relationships, right? So if I'm thinking all the time, I wish I had... Um, as much talent as Jamie, then it's going to start to affect my relationship with Jamie, right? I I, I wish I had as much talent as he did. I wish I could, and and that jealousy and that envy can start to build and it can start to affect our relationships. Matter of fact, let me ask you this. Is there someone in your life or maybe several someones in your life that you just have a really hard time saying anything good about? Maybe it's something like, well, if I had as much money as they did, I wouldn't do that with my money, right? Well, if I was as talented as he is, I would do this if it were me. Or, or if I was as good-looking as she is, I wouldn't dress like she does, right? All of those things where we have a really hard time, really hard time saying something uh, positive about someone. And, uh, and it, yeah, and and sometimes sometimes there are people in our lives where the closer that we are to them, the more uncomfortable we feel, right? The the harder time that we have with them because the closer we are to them, the worse we feel about ourselves, right? You, you, is there anyone like that? You got somebody like that in your life that where the closer you are to them, to them, the worse that you feel about yourself. And then I remember uh, Pastor Ron Witt that used to used to uh, pastor here years ago, uh, twenty years ago, said uh, said. Uh, um, uh, beating up someone else's coffee table doesn't make yours look any better. But we do that sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we beat up other people's coffee tables or people's lives and say that, uh, that here, that, that makes me feel better. Anyway, yeah. So the people that we are critical about, and here's the deal, it, the, these things, so many of these things are hard for us to detect. Um, in Jeremiah chapter 17, it talks about the heart is deceitful and beyond understanding. Even our own hearts, are, are, we're incapable of seeing and uh, in, incapable of, of understanding what's going on in our hearts. Uh, and, and, it, and it's really a really deceitful thing. It's really hard for us to see. Um, but listen, the people around you know it. The people around you hear it when you talk. The people around you pick up on those things, uh, right, because they hear and they see what's going on. And sometimes it's easier for someone else to see what's going on in your life than it is for you and me, which is one of the great things about having a great relationship with someone who's a believer. And even in marriage, right, Someone in your, your, your husband or your wife can really help to kind of point out, yeah, I think you've got a little problem with so-and-so. I think you've got a little problem with them. I think you've got a little bit of the, of the green monster in you when it comes to them. Um, so, let's talk about, so we've been in, hey, let me get a little help here. Let's see, Jonathan, Joel, can you all help me? We got the Robinsons in town this weekend, glad to have them. It was after uh, they had a, uh, had a little bit of trouble at their house. I don't know if you all have seen their Facebook, had, a, had a, a couple of huge trees blow down at their house from a storm they had in Albuquerque. Albuquerque gets, I guess, about nine inches of rain every year, right? And they had about four, so they've gotten half of what they needed, right? Not really. They've been in drought as long as we have a couple of years. So anyway, so this is, um, as we were traveling, Brenda was doing a lot of the driving for us. You know, Brenda's, Brenda's dad is a trucker, which is great because she, she gets on the highway and, man, she just loves to drive, which is great because I don't like to drive. I'd rather not even be in the car. But uh, anyway, as we were going, I started, I started, uh, you know, we've been going through Proverbs together and uh, I started taking some of the Proverbs and just kind of, um, um, gathering them up, kind of categorizing in them. And what you have there is what Proverbs has to say about um, our tongues or our mouths and how we speak, how we talk about people. So let me get these guys, get those out. All right. So what I oh I gave my own copy away. Can I borrow a copy back, Scott? Thank you. Sorry, Sorry about that. So, Dan, I want you to look at the very bottom. Here's I want to give you a a little. Do we run out? Okay, we'll we'll get some more copies made. Um, down at the very bottom of this, and one of these I have is one one of the verses, Tim, that I've given you. But at the very bottom of this, kind of the bottom third of the page. Let me tell you something that Proverbs teaches about our mouths or our tongues. Now I'm just telling you that sometimes there are people in our lives that we have a hard time saying anything good about. There's sometimes there are people in our lives that we're really critical of, right? Okay, so let me tell you, here's what here just the very first part that's not indented is is kind of my summary of what this says. But anyway, it says here, your words come back to you, whether grace filled or other filled. If it's not full of grace, um, your words are like seeds that you scatter. Jonathan, help me with this. Help me understand this. You will harvest and eat their fruit one day. You will eat kind, gracious um, fruit or bitter, angry, and jealous fruit. So here we go. So look with me in that, that second verse. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Here's a biblical principle. Are you ready for this? Here's a biblical principle. Your words that you speak, right, when we think of words, we think of things that are coming out, and the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, said, no, your words are like, like something that goes in. It's something that actually comes into you, and by, the, by your words, you'll, your stomach will be filled and you'll be satisfied. So what's he saying? He's saying kind of like this, your words are like a seed, and everywhere you go, you're scattering seed. And one day, that seed will grow up into wheat or fruit or some, some sort, then you'll have a harvest, and your words are like a seed that you scatter and harvest and come back to you one day, right? This is important for us to know, right? This is important for us. So what it's saying is that, you know, whenever you and I speak, we always think that we're affecting someone else, right? When we say something unkind or someone because we're upset with them or we're angry with them or we're jealous with them or whatever, we're we are envious of them, we think they're hurting them. But all of a sudden, it looks like from Proverbs, right, is that, our words come back to us. It, it, our words affect us. Our words come back to us in a way that, that like, we, like they go out and they grow and they are harvested and they come back to us. And so we have to be careful how we speak. It will affect you and it will affect your life, not just the people that you're talking about or talking to. So look with me at the verse above it. From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. And then the last verse I just put in there because I thought it was cool. But um, anyway, but those two. This is so important. It's so important to watch how we talk because it can affect your life. Matter of fact, I I believe that this is the principle at work here is that the way that we talk about people, the Lord delivers right back at our front door. You with me? When you speak, when you say something that's negative or critical of someone else and, and you speak to them that way, the Lord just brings it right back and sets it at your front door. And that's how you live so so let me let me ask you this because of what this proverb says right is that you're filled by by your own mouth you you you'll feast on and you'll eat on your own words so are you stuck somewhere is there some area of your life that you just can't seem to have any success you can't have any breakthrough you can't can't make any 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 grounds when it comes to to money or talent or or health or whatever anywhere that that you are where you might be stuck well, What are you saying? How are you speaking about other people who seem to be ahead of you in that area? Listen, be careful about what you say. And guard your heart. Watch over your heart. Monitor your heart for those things. And ask the Lord, help me deal with this. Because I don't want to be stuck here. And I don't want to have that darkness in my heart. I want to be called out of it. Thank you very much. I want to be called out of that darkness. I don't want it in my heart. And I don't want it affecting my life. Um... Let's see, so, um, so, so we got to be careful. Well, if, if, if you're scattering words, if you're scattering words, and we're all scattering words all the time, we're always speaking all the time, we're always saying things, but if there was going to be a harvest of your words, what's going to come back to you? What is it? Is it kindness? Is it, is it graciousness? Are, are, are your words you know uh, just filled with grace, or are they filled with a critical spirit? Well, there's a bitter harvest coming for you. Got to be careful how we speak. And I'm not just talking about trying to monitor our behavior. Listen, that's, we all try to monitor our behavior, and that's not the answer. The answer is, is that we have to go to the Lord, and we have to seek his help. We've got to look. Um, I don't have this for Tim, but if, if you have your Bible with you, turn with me to Jeremiah. Just real quick. This will be really quick. We've looked at this a couple of weeks ago. I just wanted to show it to you again today. Jeremiah chapter 17. All of a sudden, my Bible won't go there. Jeremiah chapter 17. Look with me just real quick. In Jeremiah chapter 17, look down at verse 9. Boy, this is, this is so great. This is, the, uh, this is the diagnosis and the cure in two verses. Ready? The diagnosis. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? One of the things that Proverbs and Jeremiah here agree with is that we can't know ourselves very well. The only one who knows us well is the Lord. It, it, right, even me, even my own heart. It, there's darkness, there's deceit in my own heart that I can't even see myself. And so I have to go to the God of all knowledge and the God of all wisdom to know myself better, to have that self-knowledge, to understand what's going on in my heart and why I act and why I do the things I do and why I say some of the things that I say. Right? Okay. Look, but work, look with me. The heart is deceitful um, above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? And he answers himself in verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. So who can know us? Who knows our hearts? Who knows what's in it? Me, you? No. We have to rely on our relationship with the Lord because he's the one who can search our hearts. He's the one who knows us. He's the one that can understand us and, and who can help us deal with the darkness that's there. But we've got to do it. So let's talk a little bit about jealousy. Why is it that we have jealousy? Why is it that we have envy? This is answer back time. I've waited a little long to get you to so I've monologued too long to get you guys to speak now. But why is it that we have envy or, or jealousy in our hearts? We want something someone else has, right? We, they're, they're, for, they're ahead of us, right? Somehow in talent, somehow in money, somehow in, in power, somehow in looks, they're ahead of us, and we don't feel like that's what? Fair. It's not, say it with me. Fair. All right, so let me, let me uh, give you an example here. So if I were to, to this morning, if I was going to call you together and I was going to say, I'm going to give away two Apple products today, right? And so in one hand, I gave away, I, I called up someone and I opened up the sack and I said, here's an Apple iPad for you. It's a free gift from the church. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Now, what if the other person that I brought up and I pulled open the sack and they opened up their gift and they pulled it open and there was a red delicious apple. And congratulations, there's your apple product and i sent them on their way right you would say that's not fair. fair right well here's the deal fairness went out at the garden of eden true fairness went out at the fall from that point forward You know what? What did did you and I deserve um, as as sinners? What what does the Scripture teach? What does it say that you and I deserved as sinners? From the time that we were conceived, from the time that we were born, what did you and I deserve from the Lord? Death. Death. Everything you get besides death is a bonus, right? (laughs) Everything you get above that is what we call grace, right? Because you and I didn't deserve anything. True? True. All right, now here's the deal. So in my little example here where I've given away an Apple iPad, uh, iPad and an Apple Apple, um, in this little example, we would all stand up and say, well, that's not fair. It was just very, it was you just gave away the gifts. Let me ask you, are you upset with the person who got the iPad? Who are you upset with? Me. Why? I was the one who you think wasn't fair, right? So here's the deal. Listen, in our relationships, we tend to get upset with the guy with the iPad. But they're not the ones we have an issue with, is it? They're not the person we have an issue with, are they? Who is it that we have an issue with? You can say it out loud. It's okay. See, this is hard for us. It's hard for us to admit that we've got an issue with God, isn't it? It, it? It is. But see, because here's the deal, and here, let me uh, let me give you through give you a couple of verses here, so that we can kind of talk about this a little bit. In uh, let's bring up uh, Daniel chapter four, verse thirty-five. This is King Nebuchadnezzar, godless. Well, I shouldn't say godless, pagan, he, pagan king of uh, Babylon, who um, who the Lord gives him several dreams, and Daniel has come to interpret. And then Daniel um, he has this vision about. This tree getting cut down, and the, the, yeah, and, anyway, it ends up happening. He loses his mind for a time. The Lord condemns him for his pride and arrogance. But listen, this pagan king of, of uh, Babylon understood this. He, said, he says this, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his, to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? Right? What's that saying? The Lord does and gives to people as he pleases, and no one can question him on it. You like that? It doesn't seem fair, does it? But the problem is, is that you're not upset with a person who's got more talent. You're not upset with a person who you think better looking. You're not upset with a person who has more money. Who you're really upset with is God, Right? Those people come around you, and, and, and you can get jealous of them, and you can, you, can, you, know, you can be very critical of them. You can say things about them when they're not there. You can say things to other people that kind of puts a little notch in their, in their uh, coffee table, right? Uh, and, and you talk about them in a way differently when they're present with you than when they're not present with you, right? Those are signs of jealousy and envy, right? You, you know this, right? Uh, th- those are signs of jealousy and, and envy. But the person that you've got a problem with is the Lord. Listen in uh, First Chronicles chapter 29. This is King David speaking in First Chronicles twenty nine twelve. He says this, Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it, it, it is to make great and to give strength to all. So, yeah, how about that? Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. God is the one who gives people gifts, authority, power, talent, money. It, it all comes from from his hand. How about in? How about a New Testament example? How about First Corinthians chapter twelve? What does First Corinthians chapter twelve say about the distribution of spiritual gifts? Who does? Who distributes the spiritual gifts? Who decides who gets what spiritual gift? It says that the Lord gives them just as He determined. The Lord even gives spiritual gifts to people. How about that? Listen, your issue is not with the people that you feel envious about. Your issue is not the people that you feel like are ahead of you. Your issue is with God. Yeah? When when we are struggling in jealousy, and we all do in some respect, we all look at someone because there's something we desperately want in our lives because we have some insecurity that we think it will cover or take care of or something, and there's someone that, that has it or has more of it or has it better than we do that we're envious or jealous of, Uh, But our problem, and and when we're around them, it makes us crazy. It makes us say things that we wouldn't ordinarily say. It makes us speak in ways we wouldn't ordinarily speak. But listen, our problem is not with them. It's with God. See, you know, we talked last week, guilt, uh, or two weeks ago, I should say. Uh, By the way, and thank you, Clint Chambers and... Scott, who led worship here last week, appreciate that. Yeah, I was thinking, well, I wasn't here, so I I didn't know. Yeah, for for covering last week, appreciate that very much. And Tim Teeson teaching Sunday school very much, appreciate that. Uh, But um, we talked about guilt a couple of weeks ago. Guilt says, I owe you because I took something from you, right? Jealousy says, God owes me. God owes me something that I didn't get or or I got ripped off in this area of my life. I got shortchanged. I didn't get what I deserve. And it's not fair. God owes me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what jealousy thinks. That's what jealousy says. That's what jealousy... Uh, that's what jealousy believes. And, and here we go, and we, and we think all the time that our issue is with people. It's with the people who are further ahead. It's the people who have more. It's the people who are better looking. It's the people who have the things that we wish right, we had. But our issue is with God. Our issue is with God. Listen, this is so important. It's important for us to understand that the problems that we have, those relationship problems, those strains that we have with other people because they have what we don't have, is this so important for you and I to get, and that's why I'm hammering away at this. You have to know your problems, not with them. Do you know why I know this? It's because the same thing happens in my heart. They have something I want. I ended up getting something or getting something more than I want, and then what? The next day, I want something else, Right? Listen, jealousy and envy is a heart issue. It's not an issue of relationships. It's not an issue of someone else. They are not your problem. It's an issue of your heart, of always desiring and always wanting more than you have. Amen? And always wanting more than we have and looking to someone else and comparing ourselves to someone else, which, by the way, Paul said is not wise. We compare ourselves to other people and say, I wish I had more. I wish I had what they had. But our problem's not with them. Our problems with God who distributes those things okay let me wrap up like this way um, it, this is important first Corinthians chapter thirteen right the love chapter right look what just the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 13 says right this is this is the probably this is one of the greatest uh, this this particular passage some of the greatest work of literature of all time, right? It doesn't matter what you read or who you read, this is recognized worldwide, great literature. And the reason is it discusses a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts, love. And he describes, Paul describes here in just incredible beauty about what love is and about what love is not. And sometimes it's important to understand the not as much as it is to understand what it is. So in chapter 13, verse four, he says in 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind. The very next verse, phrase, it does not envy. See, here's the deal. You can't carry love and envy in your heart at the same time. It, it will not work. What would the Lord have us do? What would, he, would, would he like us to live in love or would he like us to live in envy and jealousy? Which is it? How he would like to re- us to relate to people in a matter of kindness or in a matter of jealousy. Which is it? It's love. It's kindness, right? And we can't carry both at the same time. They're exclusive of each other, and they it will affect your relationships. It affects our mouths. It affects our attitudes towards other people, and the Lord wouldn't have it this way. So what do we do? What do we, how, how do we cure it? We, know, uh, we were just saying in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 17 that our heart's deceitful. It's beyond cure. W- what hope is there for us? Listen, the hope is this, is that the God who saved you and I wasn't just saving your soul. He's restoring all that's broken in our lives. All that's twisted in our hearts, all that's corrupt in our minds, all the things that we see, you see, it's, you see how it is, this, this jealousy is just a twist. It's, it's just a little bit of sickness. It's a little bit of a, a, of a corruption in our hearts because we look to see what God's given other people and we're upset with the people. You see how that doesn't make any sense? But in a corrupt heart like you and I have, we feel like we've got to be upset with the people because we don't want to be upset with God. So that's the first thing. If you want to deal with envy in your heart, and man, we all have it. We all have it in some ways. We all do. We got to. We got to monitor our hearts. We got to monitor our words and see what's coming out and see the way that we talk about people. And we have. When we're really critical of someone, we can't say anything well about them. We need to stop and say, "Wait, wait a minute. I know this symptom. I, I know what this is. Lord, is this is this jealousy? Is this envy in my heart?" Let me give you three things that Andy Stanley gives um, to to, uh, deal with jealousy. The first thing is to acknowledge that who you're upset with is God and not the person. You're upset because you think God shortchanged you. You think that God didn't give you like he should have given you. And that's the first step is to realize I'm not upset with that person because they're rich. I'm not upset with that person because they're good looking. I'm not upset with that person because they're more talented than I am. I'm upset with God because I feel like I deserved what he gave them. The first step is to have the guts to stand before God and say, I'm jealous, I'm envious, and this is between you and me. It's not between me and him or me and her. It's between me and you, and I've got a heart issue, and I need you to deal with it. So the first step is to acknowledge this is a problem with your relationship with the Lord. The second thing is, is to confess your jealousy. Listen, let me scare the pants off of you. You ready? Go to the person you have problems with. Go to the person you've been jealous of and confess it. How about that? Man, that'll cure you real quick. You know what I'm saying? That, that will help you right then to stand up and to admit and to draw that darkness out of your heart and just lay it out on the table and here say, here's the ick, here's the slime that I've been dealing with in my heart. And of course, you don't have to put it that way. But, you know, to, but to lay it on the table, to draw it out into light and say, this is as bad as I th- was afraid it is, and here it is all out of there. I've been jealous of you. I've been jealous of your talent. I've been jealous of your good looks. I've been jealous of the, of the money you have. I've been jealous of the power. I've been jealous of the authority you've been given at work, whatever it is, and to openly confess that. Listen, this is just like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in regards to guilt. As long as you keep it down, as long as you keep it hidden, it's going to stay there. You, you and I have to get sin out. We've we, we got to reach down in with the Lord's help, with his courage, because you know what? Every time that we find something terrible and icky and something we wish we hadn't found in our hearts, the Lord Jesus is beside us, and he says at every moment, I died for that too. You can, you know, Christians ought to be the most courageous, inward-looking people on the planet because there is nothing that's so dark in our hearts that the Lord Jesus doesn't say, oh, well, I can't help you with that. No, that's not the case, right? The Lord says, I paid for that too. Let's deal with it. Let's move on. Let's get rid of it. Let me help you deal with it. Let me help clean your heart because he's not just, you know, he's not just the savior of our souls someday when I die. He's a savior of my life and he's redeeming every part of broken part of my heart, every corrupt part of my mind, even now. Amen? The, listen, this, this salvation that we have is not just for one day whenever we pass on from this life. The salvation that we have is salvation for living today and restoring what's broken in us today and fixing broken relationships that we're suffering with today. Amen? That's the power of the gospel. There's no other power like it. There's nothing else like it on the planet. It's better than any self-help you get anywhere. It's not some 12-step program. It is real power for change and restoration and what the Lord wants to see in our lives, which is love, kindness, grace, not anger, jealousy, and bitterness. Amen? Amen? Okay. Last thing. So first one, acknowledge your, your jealousy. Second one, confess your your jealousy. And the third one is celebrate out loud. What the, what this is? What this says is that. So I, I, I'm jealous of Jamie because of Jamie's talent. Is to is to confess out loud. Jamie, I, I love the way that you play the guitar. I love the way that you lead worship. I love that you can work with with wood. I love the things that you've created and you work with 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 wood. The woodwork you've done, the cabinetry work you've done, whatever it is, and to celebrate that publicly. Out loud to recognize that the Lord has blessed Jamie with incredible talent, and that that is between Jamie and the Lord, and I'm over here, and and the Lord is dealing with me on in other ways and other things, right? But to confess out loud to say, I celebrate what the Lord's done in you. I, I'm so glad that he's blessed you with talent. I'm so glad he's blessed you. You, you look so pretty today. You, 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 have, you've, you guys have done, so, you've managed your money so well. I'm so impressed with the way that you guys have handled your wealth and your, and, and, and your income. I'm so impressed with how, how talented, how gifted, how beautiful you are. To celebrate out loud. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that great? Is, is to be able to confess and to say those things out loud to somebody and to confess and to, uh, and to brag on them instead of us thinking about ourselves, but to thank the Lord for what they've done in another person's life. How about that? How about that? All right. So let me, let me wrap up. So let me say this um, The Lord wouldn't have us dwell in these things, He wouldn't have us dwell in guilt, He wouldn't have us dwell in jealousy or envy. He's called us out of that, amen? He's called us out of those things. He's called us away from those things that are destructive to the relationships with the people that we have around us, and he's called us into light. He wants us to work in this. And here's the great thing is that we have a Savior who's able to help us with all of this. He can heal our hearts, amen? He can heal our hearts. He can deal with these things uh, better than we can, and he knows us, and he searches us, and all we have to do is stand and say, Lord, search my heart find that way in me that's jealous. Find those things in my life that, that I'm jealous or envious of, and, Lord, take them away because I know he has the power to. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. How's your heart? How's your heart this morning? As, you, as, as we've been talking about monitoring your heart, how is your heart this morning? Is it? How are your words? Have you found yourself being really critical of someone? Is, are, are there people that you have real trouble with was saying anything nice? Are there people, when other people are talking about them, you, you, you tend to say things like, yeah, but, you know, they got this thing. They, they spend their money in a way that's unwise. I wouldn't do that. They, they dress in a way that I wouldn't dress. Or, or they do things like I wouldn't do. Or, or maybe they're not even believers, and they spend their way in, in some way that you think is, is, um, is, uh, goes against what, what, what Christ would call them to. Well, all the while knowing well, that's between them and God. Jealousy and anger is a feeling that God owes you, so get the courage, speak to the Lord about those things and confess it but but I ask Him, Lord, Lord, monitor my heart, search my heart, call me out of that darkness, call me into your light. I pray this morning, Lord, that uh, that you would help us all we, we all deal with jealousy, we all deal with, with bitterness, we all kind of have this sense that we deserved more, that we deserved. Uh, somehow, we deserve better, we deserve what someone else got, and we, we tend to think all the time that well because someone 's ahead of us that that we think that it 's not fair really uh, lord God, we, we recognize that you 've blessed us beyond measure we 've gotten much more than we ever deserved you 've dealt with us in terms of grace and abundance and and love and kindness and grace towards us, and we when we compare ourselves with other people it's it 's just foolishness it 's Uh, It's not right. And so, Father, I I pray this morning that you would deliver us from envy, that you would deliver us from jealousy, and you would help us, Lord God, to deal with you and to be content with what you've given us and to rejoice at the abundance that you've poured out on our lives, Lord God, we pray. It's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here this week, ladies. Um, Little Women of Faith meeting here at the back of the sanctuary for about five minutes. And uh, did I say something wrong? Okay.